Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, John Steppi. I'm excited to be joined by Megan McEwen, college basketball analyst, wearing a couple different hats. But the really important one this week is the color commentator for kind of a big game this week, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I mean, like, it's definitely not a small game by any means, but I know we just had the Super Bowl, but I think in the state of Iowa, this game is bigger than the Super Bowl coming up. Well, if any listeners are living under a rock and don't know which one we're talking about, Iowa, Michigan, Thursday night on Peacock, Caitlin Clark, it seems to be an inevitability that she's a break the record, does not need to do much. So Megan, what's it like getting to call this game that you don't have uh, the record being broken every day? That's for sure. No, you know, this is really cool. I mean, to, to put it lightly, I've been really fortunate covering Caitlin Clark over the course of her career. It's funny. I keep track of how many years I've been calling big 10 games because I came in when she came in. So I actually called her first ever game on TV. It was against Northwestern um, in 20 is during the COVID season, 2020, 2021. And I remember hearing about this really good freshman, Lisa Bluter talked about it. And uh, we had a Zoom, Lisa Byington and I had a Zoom with her. And from the moment, you know, you meet her on these these calls, I was blown away by her maturity and her poise and her ability to explain the game, which a, a lot of times, like as a player, sometimes it's difficult to like explain and articulate what you're trying to do as a player, how you see things on the floor, but she was always able to explain it so well. And I remember thinking she's 18 years old. Like she's way more mature than any other 18 year old. I know right now. I always joke. My sister is Caitlin Clark's age as well. She's a senior at Northwestern. So I'm always like, how are they the same age? This is crazy. And to watch her game. It's funny in that Northwestern game. It was the first time and only time in her career. She was held to single digits in a game scoring. So to watch her go from that when there was nobody in the stands because it was COVID to seeing what she's done and what she has become, it is really cool. And I have the utmost respect for the journey that she's been on and she has handled it with so much class and just the way that you would want someone to represent a program is how she's done it. Kind of going from the point of calling her first game to now, where have you seen kind of the biggest development or the biggest area of growth for her? Uh, two areas. One, her maturity on the floor. She would get really frustrated with herself freshman year when something would happen, um, like a turnover, whatever. Things don't go her way. Calls don't go her way. And she still gets frustrated now. But but I still think it's that level of maturity that she doesn't allow it to affect the next play. Like, her freshman year probably got in the way and interfered and she would get frustrated and it could kind of prolong throughout the course of a game. But she's done a, such a good job over the course of the last couple of years of like, okay, next play, you can't let it get to you. Um, and then her passing ability is off the charts and just her IQ. She's one of the smartest players to be in the game. And you talk to WNBA scouts and that's what they love most about her is her IQ and that passing ability. Like she is playing guitar hero on level expert and everybody else can only play it on level easy. Like that's what she's doing right now in college basketball. I love that analogy. I'm going to think of that every time I see a Caitlin Clark assist. 
Listen, and I love me some Guitar Hero. So that's, but that's just what it is. Like it, things are so slow for her. Um, and, and nothing, there is no pass that is too much for Caitlin Clark. How unique is it to see as somebody who's been around this game in a lot of facets for pretty much your entire life? What's, um, how unique is it to see somebody be that good of a passer? It is unique, you know, and we've seen a lot of really good passers in the course of women's basketball. And this has been such a huge conversation piece over the last couple of months. You know, I think the NCAA tournament last season really propelled Caitlin Clark into, you know, like last year I did a bunch of away games and they weren't sold out like this. Sure, there may be more in attendance because people who are aware of women's basketball know Iowa's coming to town. But I mean, it has been like trying to go to a Taylor Swift concert when you look at what Caitlin Clark has done on the road, selling these arenas out. So I'm giving, I will answer your question eventually. I'm just rambling on about, about this point. Um, But just like to see what she's done for women's basketball. I've grown up this game my whole entire life. And, you know, there have been great players before Caitlin Clark that, that caused a ton of hoopla. You had Candace Parker at Tennessee, People would line up and sell out places to go see her. Skylar Diggins, when she was at Notre Dame, is somebody that a ton of people wanted to see. Sue Bird, uh, Diana Taurasi. Like, you you have these legends that people have definitely, like, had a heightened interest in women's basketball because of them. But, um, you know, we haven't seen what Caitlin Clark does because we haven't seen somebody consistently hit 30-footers the way Caitlin Clark does. And... You add in the fact that she leads the nation in assists per game, leads the nation in scoring, and she's doing it in the most exciting fashion. You look at how Steph Curry changed the game on the NBA side by by hitting threes, right? And it completely has changed the landscape of college basketball, or excuse me, of basketball. And Caitlin Clark comes in and she's doing the same thing. She's hitting these insane shots that's changing the landscape of college basketball, and no one else can hit them the way she can. I'm going to take you back to your Big Ten playing days. If you had to figure out how to defend Caitlin Clark, what would you do? I mean, try to guard her when she comes off the bus, maybe outside in the parking lot, like start there. In all seriousness, you know, it's funny. The teams that have defended her best have mixed up defenses on her. She really struggled early in her career against Northwestern because they play a matchup zone. Um and, you know, they had some really great defenders like Veronica Burton and some of those really good on-ball defenders that were able to get into her and get the ball out of her hands. Michigan is a really good defensive team, especially with their ball screen coverages. Uh, they're really good at communicating, cutting off angles, and forcing the ball on one side of the floor. So all that's to say, um, I don't think there's a defense that can totally slow her down. You can only try to make her inefficient. If you can make her go, like, 10 for 40, then you've had a good day, you know, but it's when she goes 10 for 19 and Stolke also is getting involved and Kate Martin and Gabby Marshall and Molly Davis, you have all these people. That's when you can't beat Iowa. What's kind of your approach to covering such a monumental moment of somebody breaking the all time scoring record? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I think first and foremost, trying to treat it like any other game because you can't get like too caught up in the moment of, oh my gosh, this is like a massive, huge moment, not just for in Big Ten basketball. We're talking about like the sports landscape. 
in history. Um, it's an honor to be on the call for this game. And um, like I said, someone who's called a lot of Caitlin Clark games over the years and has, you know, I've gotten the opportunity to get to know Caitlin on a professional level and she's just, she's a great person. Um, so just trying to bring in that personal human side into things. I think a lot of times, especially with the popularity that's grown with Caitlin, I think people forget she's a human and she's 22 years old and she's handling all of this, like a total pro. Um, so just trying to remind people of that and also, you know, remind people that this is an incredible accomplishment and this does not happen every day. There's a reason why we're making such a big deal about this. I mean, she's about to pass Kelsey Plum, who's one of the all-time great college basketball players, who's having a fabulous pro career right now for the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, and it's really amazing that people are going to have a front row seat. I'm going to get a front row seat to, to history being made and seeing how the game has grown over the last few years with Caitlin in college. Somebody might need to mortgage their house to get one of those front <laughs> row know. seats. I should try to sell my credential or something. See how much money I can make. I'm not doing that, anybody. I'm joking. <laughs> Your Twitter mentions you'll be getting some good offers now. Hey, send it my way. I mean, like, you never know. If you can um, maybe, like, grow some brown hair, somebody, and pretend to be me, we'll, uh, we'll see what the highest bidder says. Well, as somebody, as we've been talking about earlier, as somebody that's been around the game for so long, what does it mean to get to see – you know, these tickets going for hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars. It's so cool. Like it is, it really is cool to get that type of excitement surrounding a women's basketball game. Like this is awesome. You know, I've always been excited about women's basketball games because like, like I said, you know, with my father growing up, um, like every single spring break I spent at the NCAA tournament. And like, this was like my life, like these players growing up were rock stars to me. And we have a literal rock star in Caitlin Clark, who, who's treated like one of Utah's one by so many people. Um, it's so cool. It's just it's just awesome. I, there aren't enough adjectives or words in a dictionary to describe how freaking cool this all is. And then um, with calling a game at what's another sold out Carver Hawkeye Arena, probably an especially excited Carver Hawkeye Arena. Um, what do you expect, you know, this environment to be like, and what's it like getting to call a game in such an electric atmosphere? It's, it's, I mean, it's amazing. You know, it's you, I've watched so much basketball in my life and you, I think about, you know, some of those really big, like NBA finals games or some of those really big, um, you know, men's basketball games. And this is the atmosphere, like this atmosphere, it beats probably anything I've seen on television this year on the men's side what what you get at Carver Hawkeye Arena, that experience. I love the passionate fans. Look, Carver Hawkeye's always been a hard place to play. I mean, I remember in college, we won one time when I was in school at Carver Hawkeye. And it was like on a buzzer beater last second, my roommate in college hit a layup. And um, it was the one time that like, that when I played that we won here, it's just, it's so hard. You walk and I always say that Carver Hawkeye is like a bomb shelter. Like You just walk in and you go straight down um, it's gets so loud. The fans are passionate. They know their basketball and it's, um, it's a great environment to play in. And it's great for the big 10 in general, you know, as a conference, as we get into a crazy time in, in the sports world with conference realignment, like a Carver Hawkeye makes the big 10 look great with basketball. 
One slightly off topic Carver question. Carver fo- Carver Cone, are you a fan? Heck yeah, I'm a fan. I've had, I think it's like the vanilla is just great, but the raspberry is delicious. It is, I'm a big fan of the Carver Cone for sure. Although I can't do too much dairy now that I'm older, you know, just like doesn't sit right anymore. And like before a game, we had one, I could only have like a bite or two of it, but it's delicious. And then with all the kind of record stuff, there's still another basketball game that's being played kind of overall matchup wise. What stands out to you, Iowa versus Michigan tomorrow night? Well, Michigan's a great defensive team and they are the number one scoring defensive team in the Big Ten. Um, I think they're holding teams to 62 points or under. Kim Barnes Rico is a great coach. And this is, you know, a team with a player like Layla Felia, who's one of the best scorers in the league. They uh, they haven't been as consistent this year because, I mean, they're adjusting to not having a dominant big like they've had for so many years past with Emily Kaiser last year and they had Nods Hillman for four years before that. And you can kind of go down the list. So this is going to be a really interesting matchup. Uh, I think Michigan always makes really smart defensive decisions. It's just going to be a matter of who can consistently step up and score for the Wolverines tomorrow. That's been their biggest issue this year is just finding that consistent scoring um, from somebody outside of Layla Felia. But look, I've, they've got a point guard, Lauren Hansen, who transferred in from Missouri, who's had a really nice season. She's tough. She's from New York. She's got that attitude that I love about her. Um, it's going to be competitive, obviously, but uh it's going to be a very interesting defensive matchup. I'm just curious how Michigan's going to handle guarding Clark and ball screens. Well, Megan, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode. Until next time, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.